It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. podcast it's the podcast where we get into episodes of the twilight zone and beyond today we're not specifically looking at an episode but rather having a uh, look at the full sweep of season two which we have just now completed this is matt here uh hanging out today we're having a panel dis- discussion with a couple of listeners that i i regularly interact with so you know we're still a small podcast if you want to come come say hi in various forms do so but uh we got we got brian here hi hello and thanks we for got, having me of course and we got sean hi good day good day to you sir good day to all listeners radio and uh mark should be on the way soon we wanted to get rolling I, I got a message that he'll be popping in so uh we should have at least one more joining in luke wanted to be here but um He's he's on the train to meet me in about an hour and a half to do completely different podcasts. So that's just how the cookie is, crumbles. Is Podcasters' next stop? work is never done. Oh, sorry, one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. His next stop, hopefully, is not Willoughby. No, no, no. Willoughby? Well, I I did have to tell him to be a little careful on the train because uh, where we're going today, one train doesn't go there, and then the one that does go there, you have to switch. So. Um, there will be a getting off the train at some point, hopefully not while it's moving, but, (laughs) (laughs) but as for today, uh, you, you guys actually said you came in with a few notes, which is impressive because, uh, I just have my, my list of episodes in my memory. So hopefully that's, that's enough. But, uh, first I want to get just into kind of like your general vibes on season two, uh, especially how it compares with the first season, um, I'll just I'll just throw that out to the floor. Uh, Brian, how do you feel about that? Um, I I think like a lot of you know sophomore years, it's when the show was probably you know finding its feet, and you're able to like uh, get into it more. Um, there's always that kind of that rule of the third season. I've found <laughs> applies to a lot of TV shows, and I think it may also apply to the drama. So we'll find out next season where they really hit their stride. But I think. It's pretty solid. It was a little shorter than most seasons, and then it was even weirder because they did the whole videotape experiment in the middle of it somewhere, and so that kind of threw it off a little bit. But uh, other than that, it was a... um, I don't know. I think it's pretty pretty solid season. It had some great music. I know we were talking about music at one point on um, when we were on Discord, and uh, this one had something like, I think, eight original scores in it. Half of them were Jerry Goldsmith, and I really like those uh, pieces of music a lot, <laughs> particularly uh, like back there, which itself was kind of a eh, episode that had a great score. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I would back there definitely stuck out as for the music. And I, I can't remember exactly what episode it is, but there is one that will repurpose that score for uh, another episode. Oh, I, I don't know. It's, if it's, it's, a, 
better. Yeah, that happens but... a lot. They they reused. They, there's probably a lot of the first season music was in here too. I mean, I don't know note for note exactly which episodes used which music, but uh, there's a fun thing about the um, the first Goldsmith score was uh, a nervous man in a four dollar room, and in that in that score, there's that famous little you know do whoop do whoop sound that was later repurposed by second city tv when they're doing their dr tongue sketches or 3d house of horror if you ever watch second city tv oh that's the same sound oh yeah it's the same it's i think it came straight from this episode you see john candy eugene levy swerving into the camera like it it, it came straight out of the twilight zone no i'm i'm known for at least one SCTV related post on social media per week. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely down with that. I, I was, uh, I think it was back in December. I was actually just going to bed. I had found the uh, first two years of the of CTV on, on YouTube and not good quality, but looks like you're watching early days TV. So it works fine. And I was Gosh, going to I don't sleep know if there's like a box set of that on DVD anywhere. There's, anything? there's not because I've had the SCTV discs for years like a decade and a half i mean there might be a newer one but it starts with the um season 90 ones which are, are great but it's not the original canadian show they only had a best of for that but uh, yeah I, oh, I to, okay i want that's the, the show show. where um, um strange brew kind of originated right the two characters from strange yes. brew kind yeah, of bob brew. and doug yeah yeah uh, great wide north sketch that they did their little canadian news segment and um <laughs> that's these first couple of seasons actually predate that. I don't think you get the McKenzie's at all. Um, what you do get is Harold Ramis, who is just, you know, hysterical on screen. He was the head writer, but he'd also appear in like a, quite a few sketches at the time. So uh, that's a kind of a secret sauce you don't get later on. Um, wow. Wow. I just got really on the SCTV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of thing where like, you know, I talk about that on a podcast, but there, there's kind of a, Comedy is hard to talk about because you just end up like repeating jokes, you know? <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you guys while we're on the subject of comedy. Um, we have a few comedy episodes in the season. Uh, like you have the whole truth. You have Mr. Dingle the strong. Um, I mean, maybe even some people consider a thing about machines, a comedy episode. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the machines. Come. Where do you guys rank on the comedy episode? Like, where do you guys, where do you guys fall on that? I, well, I I thought like there's like three of them. If you count the whole truth, I was counting like Night of the Meek was sort of a you know a lighthearted, maybe not mm-hmm. laugh out loud comedy. Yeah. And what was the other prime mover? I kind of considered to be a comedy, and in, in the sense yeah. that it was um, you know, uh, comedy. Of I, I thought Buddy Epson just did a great job as this kind of yokel. It's like, oh, it's got the special power. <laughs> and, and speaking of the prime mover, um, that's one of the rare occurrences where somebody kind of makes it out of the Twilight Zone. Okay, I mean, he comes out of it, he's going to get married. Like <laughs> that usually doesn't, you know, the wife takes him back, or the the uh, the girlfriend takes him back. When does that happen in the Twilight Zone? Usually. Well, I feel like in later iterations, like the 80s one or the the most, yeah. I, I haven't seen all the Peel one, but I've seen a few, but uh, I feel like it's much more like the 80s one for sure is like all these yeah. people are going to have the worst fates possible, even where they, they remake a yeah. few episodes, like um, a game of pool. I think he gets like a worse fate in the 80s version or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, Dealer's Choice, that was a happy ending, I guess. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, the Dealer's Choice 666 episode with... Uh, uh, Sammy or no Morgan Freeman? 
Oh, um, I have not. I will be getting there. I, I have the discs here. That is, that is the plan. Yeah. So I'll be seeing it yeah. within the next couple of years for sure. I'll have to get those yeah. discs too. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten most of those. Things. Yeah, I'm waiting to get them too. I'm slowly watching them on YouTube because I don't want to watch all of them before I buy the complete series. So I'm just taking my time. Yeah, I think you can YouTube them. I'm looking over the episodes and um, we, we, we have a lot of, I don't know if it's most, some of it's on air, but there's also a fair amount of off-air snark for uh, Mr. Dingle. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think we just have to come down on, the, or at least like myself and Luke, and Luke more so than me is like, yeah, not not into this. I mean, I like how stupid the aliens look. It's just, but I'm laughing at them, right? I'm not laughing with them. And um, you know, yeah. Burgess Mayor, this is gonna, we're gonna get him better several episodes later. So yeah, <laughs> I was and, wondering uh, why Wad Serling had to, you know poke such fun at Venusians and Martians because he did it twice this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, la- you know, it aired last week, but I was like, will the real Martians please stand up? I was like, does this count as a comedy episode? I'm I'm not quite sure. <laughs> That's, it's almost like a, not a whodunit, but how would you explain it? Like, um, it is just, it's like a mystery, you know? You're trying to find out who that person is. Who's exactly. the needle in the haystack? I actually just rewatched that episode today because that episode's in my top ten. Um, yeah, I guess the twirly guy, uh, you know, the twirly eye guy, just makes it feel a little bit like a comedy. The uh, the old yeah. coot. Yeah. How do you say? I forget how you say his last name. Is it Jack Elm? Elm? I think Elm? it's Elam. 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 Yeah. I think yeah. Elam sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, very popular uh, in his day. Most people today yeah. haven't heard of him. <laughs> no. You guys have probably noticed, but as this is an audio format, hello, Mark. Hello, yes. uh, notice me, audio listeners. There we go. How do you feel Hello. about comedy episodes? Uh, I, you got to have some comedy, right? Do you feel like I've strung you along on too many comedy episodes? Not personally. Okay, cool. I feel like maybe you haven't given me enough of the like truly dark and harrowing ones, but that's sort of, those can exist side by side, really. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I don't remember right, what I, I left my season three list at work, but that's not what we're talking about today, anyway. So I don't remember what you're getting. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> for the season relay. two recap, Mark doesn't know what he's getting. Oh wait, wait, no, you asked for Midnight Sun, so you get that. That there's a pretty heavy. Yay! One. Okay. I love it. Yeah, um, but we're we're right now just doing the general observations. Uh, did some music. Uh, we talk about the comedy episodes a bit. Um, what what's your general feel on the on season two here i liked it more than season one um i thought it was more consistent and it kind of swung for the fences a bit more and i would be bothered by the number of tape videotape episodes but some of those were actually my favorites so mm, yes doesn't would really you... matter that much which ones did would... you like i really like static a lot yes uh, 22 yes. also is tape uh what are the tape? Do, do we have a list of the tape episodes? Uh, longest cause yes. tape. Night of the Meek. The whole truth. Of, yeah. And the latest, latest, uh, the, latest hour. the hour. Yeah. 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 Those are all pretty good. I guess if I were targeting, I would. Uh, of course, it looks great. So this is a bit of a disservice, but I, I would have gone Eye of the Beholder on video and then uh, 22 on film, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Well, I have the beholder. It's such a weird experiment. Like it's it's not 
it it looks more different than other twilight zone episodes than anything else does so yeah maybe it should have been on tape i don't know yeah yeah i feel like you get away with it on that episode because it would kind of be like ccc tv or something cc essentially like a play it was essentially like a like a, a short play with the, just one set basically <laughs> yeah but yeah but, you... uh the tricky part would have been you know trying to you know conceal the big reveal with the limitations that they had because they were shooting it basically like a live tv show with the videotape and stuff so they had to script that very carefully i mean they had to do it anyway for film so i guess they could have just done it for the you know for videotape too right yeah. even though you got that 16 millimeter uh film they taped it on and what do they call it like kinetoscope or whatever um i i felt like some of them did, like it need like gave them that gritty feel like something about like 22 it felt grittier like it felt just i don't know creepier mm -hmm. um the nice. night of the meek i don't know that one it seems like it kind of hurts it a little bit being filmed in videotape yeah I that's when i don't feel like i would rewatch very much like even if it was christmas time I, i'd probably opt for the uh is it 1964 christmas carol rod serling wasn't uh did haven't seen it oh uh, Car uh, a carol for another christmas yeah, I'd be more likely to go for that. that feeling Twilight Zone my Christmas. Last third of that movie, I don't know if anybody else has seen that, but that is that gets pretty crazy. I wanted so, to see. Yeah, I was to. Yeah, yeah it's on HBO Max. If anybody hasn't, it, it's right. it's in the plans for this podcast this Christmas. I just felt like since we've nice. done Night of the Meek this year, you know, <laughs> yeah. we could maybe not. We can save that one because I don't know maybe. if we get another proper Twilight Zone Christmas episode or not. I what, can't remember. What's funny is um. Night of the Meek, they remade it on the Twilight Zone radio dramas. <laughs> they remade it with Shooter McGavin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Christopher was McDonald. Didn't the 80s Twilight Zone remake it as well? I'm trying to Yeah, remember. yeah, they also remade it too. Was did the radio drama end after he was on it? Because he comes to <laughs> No, that's Ted McGinley who shows up to end your your series, right? <laughs> when he shows up on your show, you know it's about to go off the air. <laughs> Married with Children, The Love Boat. I mean, or, didn't yeah. he show up on Married with Children like eight seasons before it ended? Does that does yeah. that count? Okay. What about Happy Days? How long did Happy Days go on after he showed up? I don't remember him being on Happy Days, so it couldn't have been that long. I think The Love Boat was two seasons of McGinley. So I'm diving right in here. Look at his IMDb. How many shows did he kill? 95. 95 shows? No, that you're he was, in <laughs> he was in 54 episodes of Transformers Robots in Disguise. Okay, well, geez. Cool. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Looks like he was a guy. Like he was a human. He was a human, sure. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> mean on Transformers? Yeah. Oh, okay. That that makes a little more sense. That's he was also in one episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold as Aquaman 2. Ooh, the sequel. It's like a second Aquaman, I guess. I, isn't, that's coming out, right? They have a second Aquaman. And I think, but I mean, his character is called Aquaman 2. Do you think he shows up as the movie Aquaman 2? Yes, that's that exactly what okay. I think. <laughs> okay, it could be. <laughs> that's no. the only thing that makes sense. I haven't yeah. seen it. <laughs> so, yeah, Night of the Meek, though, I guess it's 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 one that I would don't, like, I mean, if I was looking at the list in here and saying things that I probably would not just revisit, um, that's that's near the top of the list. See, I I hate watch Mr. Dingles again. I mean, it's so bad you what? have to watch it. <laughs> <What do> you... <laughs> you know, I thought you... about 
I thought about watching a couple of the ones I liked again, but I wasn't really considering Mr. Dingle. Well, you do get Don Rickles. Kind of well remembered, though. Yeah, you do get Don Rickles like it is. Early, I don't. I don't want to say in his prime because he pretty much has just kept his prime forever. But you know, <laughs> I ran into some wrinkles last night because uh, one of the the podcast I'm doing later today is X the Man with X Ray Eyes, which has a prominent wrinkle. It has several Twilight Zone guys in it. Um, who else? Uh, one of the guys that just showed up. Yeah. So I did. I tell you that I saw Paraubu was touring with a print of that film that didn't have a soundtrack and they were playing a live soundtrack to it this sorry which film 10 years ago the man with x-ray eyes oh okay yes i i'd gone on three tangents so i couldn't remember where we were um yeah that's cool except there's Wild. a lot of i mean there's a lot of dry footage in that movie you'd have to cherry pick i remember it working i don't they must have cherry picked because yeah there's a lot of just dialogue scenes in that as well like in you know nondescript rooms well, i mean i think they had they had a version of the film that didn't have music in it but did have all the dialogue okay and they played a soundtrack over that i i think well um, I'll... The, Here, the dialogue was there okay Here, here's a question i'll throw for um the season two ones um which one is most rewatchable and which one is the least rewatchable? So I, I think I already came out as um Ooh. I the Meek basically being my least rewatchable of the season. What is my most? Hmm. How about how, anyone else got a least? One that just really didn't connect with them? Um, mine's going to be blasphemy to everybody here. That, mm. Oh, I think you I, I, I do not go me. back. I do not go back and watch the obsolete man that much. <laughs> I can I see that. I just, I don't, it just doesn't do it for me. I prefer Burgess Meredith and any of his other episodes. Just, I don't like that one. I've heard several people kind of come out on not being too into it. Um, Well, well Mark, you I, you haven't told the tale of, uh, you don't have to name names. Oh, but... <laughs> I don't have to name names, but if I was connecting a friend of mine with Matt to, uh, to appear on the show and Matt offered him that episode and he was kind of, didn't, he didn't decline to Matt, but declined to me. It was like of, of offended by the religious subtext, and uh, I was like, "All right, man, just ask for another episode." And he hasn't yet, but hopefully he will show up eventually. But um, I don't know. I watched it and thought that it was heavy-handed, like communist subtext, and the the religious thing was just part of the entire Red Scare thing. It was just like it. It feels like an obligatory thing they have to make to make sure that nobody blacklists them <laughs> like it felt like uh like a drug like an anti-drugs very special episode basically yeah like, you know i mean i think like, i alluded to this in the actual episode but it could it didn't have to be the bible like it could have been fox and socks you know well it's like on the, socks and knocks on box it didn't feel like divine intervention to me it just felt like the guy was just saying bible verses just to rattle the guy the other guy yeah the inquisitor or whatever and then the inquisitor gets so like shaken up that he ends up getting the being the next one to die and it was just seemed like a mind game to me but i, I don't know you he... could yeah maybe if it had been the quran he was reading from yeah i'm sure that would bother somebody different <laughs> <laughs> um, if i ha if i had to pick one more that i didn't really uh, care much for on this one um the mind of the matter uh yeah not too yeah, big on beechcroft of... not too big on beechcroft yeah, we didn't even bring that up much when we were talking comedy episodes, did we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I'm, 
Uh, I'm going to say my least rewatchable one. I'm just going to throw it out there because I, I haven't thought about this because we're not handed the questions in advance. The Odyssey of Flight 33. Hmm. That's your it's least? Just sort of, that would, I think, be the least rewatchable because it just is sort of... Uh, it feels like an amusement park ride. You just go through the motions and then... It, I mean, it's got cool dioramas or whatever it is, but it's like not... Uh, it doesn't I don't feel like I got anything from that except for oh cool watch this plane go back in time that's it as, as the guy who has, happens as the guy with podcast statistics that one actually had quite a spike it seems like people are very interested in that one it, I really at, liked um sorry to cut you off there but yeah that's one of my favorite podcasts that you've done Matt is the guy that you brought on as a guest for that episode yeah Mike, Mike. Richards right yep Right, right. Good, yeah, I, I liked the podcast episode. I'm not criticizing the podcast episode, yeah. but the episode of the show I didn't think was particularly like yeah. uh, memorable. So, or anything. I, for me, I guess watching it, I, I was like, I like it. It felt kind of standard. M maybe like you said, you're just going along for the ride. And I was uh, just a little surprised later. Or uh, you know, I'd post it on Facebook, and a lot of people would like kind of rush in there and. uh the stats of the actual downloads on the episode were a little higher than usual, which could have been Mike promoting it well as well. But uh, yeah, I just that episode had a lot more love than I expected, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is fun to go and revisit the time when flying was fun and not like you just didn't just have someone make you take your shoes off and try to steal your iPad. You know? <laughs> it was a different say, era. Uh, yeah. um, John Anderson does kind of carry that role in the, like his performance kind of carries that episode as the pilot but um overall he, i could see why some people don't like it but he him in the episode i thought he was great is he the only one that doesn't look like daniel craig <laughs> <laughs> yeah. john anderson is good in everything he does he yeah he in, actually uh, made out of limits too he said check out that one he's an alien and out of limits and it was really good oh cool yeah and no, he makes us go ahead I was just saying in my memory, when I look, think back to the Odyssey of Flight 33, it is fully now. I just see like four Daniel Craig's and a dark haired dude in a cockpit. That's, that's I see what you mean. Memory now of this episode. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even think that's, a, I don't think that's a worse episode than like the Night of the Meek or, uh, or Mr. Dingle or possibly, just not possibly the Mind of the Matter. Yeah. It's just, I don't feel, I feel like I could rewatch the Mind of the Matter and probably find things that I didn't notice before. But I don't think it was a great episode. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I feel like I I took in everything there was to take in about the Odyssey of Flight Thirty Three. So I assume that's what you meant by the question. No, 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 no. yeah, that is. I, I'm actually yeah. looking at a list and on the same tack, thinking for me maybe the Invaders isn't so rewatchable. You know, that's, yeah, I could see that. Well, yeah. there's no no talking, so you have to concentrate more to watch it. So it's like a little more. You have to put more effort to really do that one. You know. I will say her reactions, the reactions of Agnes Moorhead, it's kind of like it gets to you too, because the way she like goes, ah, I'm like, <laughs> or she goes, yeah. ah, like, like you said, pants <laughs> all the time. Yeah, it's a fantastic oh, yeah. episode. It's just, yeah. I, I feel like I have to put more stock into it. So I'm not just going to like go to yeah. sleep and put it on, you know? And since I, when I rewatch it, I always find myself siding with the invaders since I know the outcome. I'm like, <laughs> I'm for them. Yeah. <laughs> that was when I watched twice, actually, even. Even I, that wasn't even my episode of the, I wasn't even on that episode of the uh, podcast, but I watched it twice because I just felt like I wanted to watch it twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's not a, 
it's not like a casual fun watch it's a it's pretty intense actually i think uh you and luke did that one i think right matt that sounds right yeah i think the fun thing about that is that uh the 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 irony is that agnes moorhead was such a well-known radio actor (laughs) they gave her a script with no lines in it you probably love that you know it's like michael jordan i don't play baseball (laughs) but one thing is they uh they made her look a little bit older in an episode right because bewitched came after this right obviously that's right so she didn't look i mean she was old by then but and and the invaders they kind of made her look older right yeah kind of haggard you know yeah yeah right because she's um and dora's much more glam yeah she's like (laughs) yeah yeah um brian what's the the least rewatchable for you oh wow you know um there are a few that I can probably skip for different reasons, though. Like, I mean, King Nine Will Not Return just seems like a remake of Where Is Everybody? It's mm-hmm. like, here, I'm all by myself, monologuing for an hour or half an hour. It, 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 so um, at least it had a twist ending, unlike Where Is Everybody? So, yeah. <laughs> um, everybody's kind of hating on Night of the Meek. I think it was, it was a fairly harmless episode. I mean, got Art Carney for crying out loud. You know, he's fun to watch. I don't mind yeah, it. It's a, bit like, it's a great performance. I don't mind it. <laughs> I, I get it's a bit like punching a kitten, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the whole truth, uh, that one seemed really weird. And it's like, let's take a poke at Nikita Khrushchev at the end. It was like, what was, <laughs> what was the point yeah. of that? Also, since it was done on videotape you know we're supposed to believe this this car dealership is outdoors and it does not look like it's outdoors it's on a sound stage <laughs> they could have nope. shot that outdoors and made it a little more convincing at least but they didn't do that and that um, one aired on of... inauguration day so it's kind of like you had to be there i think oh uh, well, so that, also, yeah. that feels almost like it's pandering like the like the communist episode at the end where it's like hey 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 mr president you want to just uh <laughs> We ate commies too. Here you go. I, I will I, give I, it this at least. It 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 is aged better than Kevin Spacey singing John Lennon's mind games at the 2001 uh, 9/11 memorial concert. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see a video, look that up. That's a oh. flashback right there. No, I bet it's aged glad better I missed than, that one. <laughs> I bet it's That's aged up. better than Kevin Spacey in Swimming with Sharks where he plays like a sadistic Hollywood guy who who has tries to control everything around him? Yeah, and this he's just chosen a song that's extremely out of his range. Uh, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> that, that's what makes it great. He stick to the Bobby Darren songs, or or you know, stay canceled, I guess. But <laughs> that that one, at least, I can say the whole truth. The twist was so was so bananas that I like really just kind of laughed out loud at it. But but. That's like in historical context, it's hilarious. I don't think it would have been as funny at the time. It would have been like, yep. I'm admittedly usually too lazy to go for the radio dramas. Um, but the whole truth is definitely the first one, excuse me, the first one I'll go for because that has the huckster voiced by Henry Rollins. And I just, I have to see how hmm. that goes. <laughs> Interesting. You know what was weird? You had a Caesar and me, and Jason Alexander did that one for the radio drama, and he had to kind of do an Irish accent. And I don't know, like, I don't know if he is Irish at all, but it just, it sounded weird. I don't think so, but I, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, can, can you fake an accent if it's in your blood? Does that make it okay? Like, I, I, 
I, I'm I, half I, Lebanese. So Get off you, my lawn. I cut your hand. Yeah. I do that. Is, is that offensive? We don't even know. Do not, I don't think it's a good, it's even a good <laughs> accent, but you know, I can do it. Yeah. No so, one can cancel me for it. That, that's I my cut thought. your hand. You steal from me. I cut your hand. Hmm. There you go. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's not so, what my dad sounded like at all, but it's fun. <laughs> right. So, okay. Blood, blood does not allow you to do an accent, I guess would be the, uh, I mean, you just, sh- it's just a bad idea. I've actually, in my old age, have come around to just feeling like all accents that are fake are done badly. Like every time, every time I hear a British person do an American accent, you could tell they're like trying to, to mumble. They're kind of like mumbling. They're like trying not to yell because when they yell it always breaks okay um before before you commit to that theory i will direct you to a dr strange love special feature i'm sure it's on youtube now where it has um peter sellers going around basically the entire uk changing his accent Hmm. like because there's so many micro accents in the uk so it's it's just fun you'll say like keeps changing it and it's pretty impressive when when interesting so I'm going to give Peter Seller as allowed an American. I mean, okay. Doctor Strange, he sounds a little weird as a president, but he doesn't. It, it, it works. Like I guess Borat could do that if he wants. Right. It was so, funny when Borat did it. Okay, Peter Sellers and Borat. Those are the only people yep. allowed to do accents. Then <laughs> <laughs> my wife. I bet Peter Sellers could have been like my wife, and it would have been funny. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Because he's a blank slate. But, and get okay. back, the scene when he shows up to hang out with the Beatles is so uncomfortable. Hmm. <laughs> Did you like, see okay. Peter Sellers on The Muppet Show? That's weird, too. Yeah, oh, for yeah sure. of course I've seen Peter Sellers on The Muppet Show. <laughs> I like the part where um, Kermit basically asked him who the real him was, and he says you know, something like, there was a real me once, but I had it surgically removed. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about All right, right from. Let's, All right, let's, most rewatchable. Yeah, okay, oh, you did it. That's cool. You most go first. I go first. What? I thought I was the host of this thing. Okay, yep. let's see. I'm looking at my list. Um, a few stand out. The one that stands out the most, the one that I think it's just like Sunday night and I feel like putting on a Twilight Zone might be The Howling Man, which is one I had not seen before I did um, the podcast episode somehow. <laughs> mm. Wow, you got through all these years without seeing an episode of The Twilight Zone, huh? Well, as I said, I, I have I have a third of the show I've seen a whole lot, and the other two thirds, which like I haven't. So because I, I think it's kind of weird where the... you see one that you've never seen before. It's like this was an episode. What? It's like a like you've discovered a lost treasure or something. See, right. That's how I was with season four because I didn't see season four until I got the DVD. Yeah, I was like Whoa. yeah, because no one aired them pretty yeah. much. I, I don't think the only one I've seen. Sure I, have. I think the only one I've seen from that is the parallel. So that'll be like pretty much all new for me. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's good. I mean, if I came in just like fully stocked with knowledge and a deep understanding of every episode, I I don't think that would be best for doing a podcast. I sure. It's kind of a. I, I, it's kind of my theory. If you know, like, I shouldn't do a podcast about the Beatles. I obsess too much about the Beatles, and I I can't have a. <laughs> you know, an interesting conversation. So, well, no, uh, what you do is you get one person who doesn't know anything about the Beatles and then you talk to them about it and, and you, you say all these facts and they're like, Oh, I know Paul McCartney played bass. And that's, <laughs> Dang, that's he was in a band before wings. <laughs> yeah, or you get somebody who hates the Beatles and you like yell at them, you yell facts <laughs> at them. Yeah. A- anyway, that's my little theory of, um, 
making your own podcast is choosing things you're interested in, but don't actually know a ton about. So <laughs> I could be wrong, but or, or you know, it's as long as one person doesn't know everything about it, and and someone on the podcast is willing to do a little bit of research, then you got you got it, man. You got your format, you got the 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 exploration, and you've got the facts. Anyway, I think my my most rewatchable episode is gonna be a thing about machines. Get what out of here, a fun, <laughs> what a fun episode that was! Yeah. I could probably watch that like just a couple of times after we even wrap this podcast up. One of the Twilight Zone episodes too, where somebody got hit by a car and they looked funny. Yeah, it's just it's so wacky and fun, and it's like. If maximum overdrive only had the good parts, yeah, yeah, yeah. the The best part of maximum overdrive, though, is the uh, Stephen King narrated trailer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. <laughs> I, I just think like the first ten minutes of it are so good, and then the rest of the movie is just like cars driving around a gas station while people hang out. Like that's almost the entire movie. Yeah, true. That's Stephen the, the... King just didn't have any ideas left because he did too much cocaine. Yeah, that, that's why the trailer's so great because he looks like he's tweaking when he's doing his <laughs> narration. Yeah. I'm sure if there was a making of of that movie, then it would be incredible. But I don't think that such thing exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, what's what's your most rewatchable? Oh, that, it, no, I'm still thinking about it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you want um, me to go ahead in the meantime, or do you go uh, ahead yeah, if yeah. you have something, Sean? Okay. Well, I got I got kind of like a tie. It's uh, the Rip Van Winkle caper, and um, what's the other one I got? Well, the Real Martian, please stand up. Interesting. I actually thought, well, the Real Martian, please stand up. I thought that should have been the season finale instead of the obsolete man. That would have been a good way to end the season. Although I guess in the sixties, you just don't people didn't really think that way, you know? Yeah, (laughs) it's just like I have no idea how the. I have no idea how they thought in the 60s. I wonder if it's just like, well, this one's finished, so we'll put this one out first. Yeah, even the 80s. I mean, you know, growing up uh, watching TV in the 80s, I feel like a lot of times it would just be like, oh, there's no episode this week. I guess it's finished now, you know? I think uh, didn't there was at least one cartoon. I want to say Transformers just ended, and I was like kind of, I mean, as obsessed as a little kid could get with the thing, I was like, I guess the story's over. Like yeah. It just sort of, they just stopped making them. I don't even, it was like, this is the most important thing that the man has ever made. Why did they just stop making Transformers? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. But if I lived in Japan, they would have kept going and they made a much cheaper spinoff that lasted for like three years. Oh, right, right, right. I, I would just see any clips the... from that. I don't from that, think so. From that show. There's like so. absolute banana stuff like, Galvatron tries to get a bunch of Decepticons to sacrifice themselves so that he could have a planet body. And there's like a wolf with seven transformations who gets an eighth transformation. I I don't know. It's just there's sounds like some Power Ranger stuff. Yeah, it is just (laughs) insane. They just lost their mind, but also it's super cheap. So you don't see actual transformation sometimes. So after we did the Riff Van Winkle caper, um, Mark and I were like, oh, were we actually too critical on this one? Uh, I I feel like I was kind of not very nice to any of most of the episodes that I was on, to be honest. (laughs) I I was, let me see, King, except for um, 
except for penny for your thoughts where i was like super nice to it and you weren't into it oh yeah you said it was your favorite and then i spent the entire said, time kind of ribbing you on it i said it was my favorite that i'd appeared right, on a podcast to talk right, about right. so that's different then i felt like critically dissecting it i mean Although, that's fair it's not like high art or anything i just thought it was like fun to watch all the uh characters go in and out interact with each other i'm i'm looking i when i was looking over a list and thinking what's rewatchable my eyes did kind of stumble on that little hundred yards over the rim rip van winkle caper section so yeah. both of those did they i guess because this they're next to each other and the um setting is so similar they blend a touch in my mind i, I mean believe they were shot back to back that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I shot the same case. They, they took them out to the yeah. desert and said, "Let's do two episodes while we're here." And so they did shoot them both at the same time. Yeah. Interesting. So that's like, a case it, where maybe they should have put one or two between them. Yeah, I think they should have broken it up in the airing, but yeah, mm. production-wise, that's what happened. Well, Mark, yeah. you uh, you actually kind of stole my thunder. I was going to go ahead and say a penny for your thoughts would probably be my most rewatchable one because I just enjoyed the interactions between uh dick york and all the cast of that one it's 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 a lot of fun and and since i was a kid and i saw that episode there's just something really magical about the idea of wow i can read people's minds for no good reason but i discovered i was reading about this episode the uh there was some talk of turning that into a series and the the premise which was not really spelled out in the episode is that the coin is magical that particular coin when it lands on the edge will give its you know the tosser it's the powers of reading their mind. So, so George Clayton Johnson, and I think some of the people there at Twilight Zone were thinking, maybe we can do something with this. They never did. Huh. But it was kind of a missing piece because I always thought, well, why would any coin give you magical powers? It's like, well, if it's a specific coin that had magical powers, then you can have it go from one person to another week after week and do a whole you know TV series based off of it. So I thought, that's interesting. That could have done, they could have done something with that. Here's Absolutely. The, uh... I'd watch that. What is it, Orson Welles? It's like the journey of a quarter or something. <laughs> I vaguely remember of a that. Something like that. I just know because narrated I, it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's this bot. My wife had it. She was using it to learn English when I first met her, and it was a, these cassettes and like a big box with like a giant photo of old Orson Welles on it, or painted. No, he's painted. Yeah. So, anyway, I I wondered if that actually kind of followed the vibe of you know like how. The penny would go from episode to episode. I think that's how the narrative of that Orson Welles thing goes. So, hmm. well, I looked for Journey of a Quarter, and it just showed me Journey into Fear. Ooh, Orson Welles <laughs> will take you there too. The Quarter of Fear. Yeah, Quarter. Like a doctor the way that uh, Orson Welles would say suspense, suspense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that episode the other day uh, where he did the Hitchhiker, his version of the Hitchhiker. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That radio show that he did, Suspense, just the way he said it. I don't know why I like that. <laughs> the suspense of opening a bottle of Paul Masson. I'm sorry. No, no, no you're <laughs> jumping a forward a few decades there. <laughs> well, uh, we watched, uh, if you've seen Future Shock, I know Mark has because we did a podcast on it once where Orson Welles is going, is going around talking about how the future is going to suck and it seems like he's just like, divorced his wife or been left or something then he just goes into someone's french mansion that like it's weird <laughs> yeah. it's it's always fun to watch documentaries that are just sort of like what if this happened what if this happened you know it's like the few any anything any 
prediction of the future is generally futile, but it's like extra fun when it's like we're gonna have Orson Welles talk about what might happen. Yep. Um, I want to. I guess we need to stick the tripometer on this. I was thinking of doing the normal questions. I'm like, well, you could ask who's deepest into his own kind of fits on the highest tripometer as well. I think so. Um, Let's hit it for highest tripometer. I saw I saw Sean's box go green. You want to give us your highest tripometer? I would say maybe shadow play. Because that guy is just stuck in a Groundhog Day from heck episode and just you're you're basically reliving that thing. But the characters change. Every day, you're just reliving it over and over and over. You're not finding a way out. You're not like Bill Murray. You're not. You're not changing it. You're not coming out alive. <laughs> I, mean, I, I 100% agree. I was going to say that too, but I've already said that. I've already said on either a chat or a podcast that I think that's the trippiest episode that I've seen. Period. So far. Yeah, and that occurred to me. I, I think I did give it a five on the actual episode if i remember on the tripometer um yes you and your guest both did okay so we'll have to go for your number two then i guess oh my number two your number two because okay well at first i'll ask brian if uh, how uh, do i should ask brian first if you have a different one than shadow play because that was pretty much mine too (laughs) (laughs) i mean it may be unanimous on that in that it does seem like like you said groundhog day but it's uh um it's kind of like the twilight zone usually some character is being run through some sort of existential gauntlet right and they're going to come out the other side either you know uh redeemed or damned and it seems like this guy must be damned because he just (laughs) never ends and so it's it's probably one of the darker episodes that i can think of and so it is it is trippy i don't know in terms of more trippy than that i mean some of the ones that seem trippy when you watch them once of course you know the you know the you know the ending you know you know the ironic twist and so i i would you know most people would probably say something like i of the i of the beholder would be trippy and like you are set up to believe one thing and then at the end you realize it's been flipped on you um i i agree but for different reasons for me it's just once those tvs start coming down with the uh, dictator to me, that's when like it suddenly like you know, notches up that tripometer. So, well, yeah. I've got, I've thought about mm-hmm. it, and I have an answer for my number two, and it's long distance call. Oh, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna ask that. <laughs> can we consider that? I was gonna yeah. say, can we consider that Billy Moomy or whatever, however you say his last name, is just he's tripping. He's talking to Grandma in Heaven. What's <laughs> terrifying? I love the fact that they basically a character gets offed, and then they have. All of they they have the strongest influence in the rest of the episode without appearing in the episode. That is yeah. harrowing. It was just, it was really like possibly the scariest one to watch. You know what I liked about when you did your podcast with that too, Matt, is um your guest. I'm, I can't remember all the guests' names when you have a guest host. It's kind of hard to remember them. But I think you had a woman for this one, and she was <laughs> siding with the grandmother at the at first, and by the end she was like, no, she she's like, no, I'm with the mother now. I could see what she means. This grandmother was a little too close. <laughs> she was uh, a little too, uh, yeah, close to Billy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she I led like... with dear, like, the, my son has been stolen from me. And it's like her yeah. son seemed like he was living kind of a normal life and yeah. also being very nice and taking care of her. So it was like immediately, like, red flags started going off. And then, then yeah. <laughs> it's like red ghost flags. I, I loved it. 
I'm gonna give and, you know, mine... the whole concept of a of a child killing himself is pretty yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is TV. <laughs> that quickly in a shallow pond. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, number two has to be number twenty-two. Then I guess uh, that should be no- that's a good. Sec- that should be my twenty-second trippiest. But um, yeah, <laughs> a good answer because both of those episodes influenced Final Destination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, you... that's more for the details, like just the weird leopard skin print thing and the you know she's carrying a clown around and all that sort of stuff like those little details make it trippy and then at the end this is not baked into the episode at all but just like everyone in the airport looks like a later celebrity there's that dude that looks like um connor trainer from enterprise and that dude that looks like matt smith and yeah it's that for me that makes it trippy <laughs> and that i didn't really expect the plane explosion yeah, yeah so it was a bad was, explosion, but it, but it was still. Was I didn't cool. expect it, so it narratively, well it's great. Enough. Yeah, it, was, it worked well enough. I was. Um, what was the flight number in Final Destination? That was the original number. <laughs> that uh, was the original. I, I don't remember. Yeah, that's too deep a dive for me. I guess I could look at this iPad here, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen part one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ryan, what's your number two? Since since we all went shadow play for number one. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but there's like a preponderance of time travel in this season of the Twilight Zone. It's like at least mm. eight different ways people time travel in this season, <laughs> and I always think that that's that's trippy. Um, in it of itself for the for the character. Now, you could say back there was trippy because oh, I'm I'm back here in the time of Lincoln, you know, and that was interesting but i think a hundred yards over the rim was far more trippy for um um i forgot the actor's name but uh the, the character who went forward in time to the present day and saw all the modern things happening around him and was oh, just that's cliff the heck robertson out. cliff robertson thank uncle you ben. I just, yeah. <laughs> uncle, uncle ben, ben that's true i can't not and you, get a, you get a short appearance from john aston in that too yeah, oh, yeah, yeah right at the end in the wagon train. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, the final destination flight is 180. Yes, 180. Okay, yeah, it's like they turn around and go back to, to death. <laughs> I guess that's the reference. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> go back to death. That'd be a good. Go movie back to title. death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good movie title there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Jean, you had decided to go along with a long distance call as, as your second. Well, I was, but if we have to make another choice just because that's already been chosen, I would say Nervous Man in a $4 room, too. Because oh, you're yeah. slowly changing into your doppelganger. You're slowly like, or you're changed yourself, you're changing into another version of yourself. Your like split personality is turning, is consuming you. So he's a big James McAvoy splittish. I was definitely, <laughs> yeah. to to me, I was really concerned about what would happen to the original guy when he was he was stuck in the mirror. Like, what's that going to be like? Like, yeah. super, like, like that, uh, that was one of the ones that was interested in. Like, what would happen afterwards? Yeah, he's, it was almost kind of like uh, Shatter Day. It was almost kind of like Shatter Day from the eighties Twilight Zone. But yeah, and that one Bruce Willis just kind of disappears. Well, just disappears away. I think that's the first episode of that. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. Mm. Which and Haley we... Joel Osment saw him yeah. after that. Sorry, yeah, before oh my he was gosh. Born. Pre-bird. That was the. That's when Bruce Willis became a ghost. Was in 1980. 
That, that's when he had to only hold uh, on another 20 years so they can make or no, no, another, yeah, almost 20 years so they can make the movie. Yeah, that time Paley Joe had just been a, a twinkle in some sailor's eye. <laughs> <laughs> I hope his father was a sailor. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what's uh, what's our next? All right, do we have are we do we need to pick four trippy episodes? Do we have three now? I, I we've I think we've have a gamut of trippy episodes. Is there something? Yeah, we did you, a pretty good job with that. I feel. Is there yeah. something you just left? We left out that you had up your craw. Not particularly. Uh, well, okay. uh, overall, with this season, I would say um, just to make a little note, there was really only like two references to the war, wasn't there? Because the man in the bottle, you had World War II with the Hitler appearance, and a then war reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then King Nine will not return, World War II base, but. It didn't seem like any other episodes really were World War One or World War Two based. And every other season, you had a couple episodes. I think wasn't it like that? You know, something that revolves around World War One or World War Two or post war. Yeah, yeah that the, tracks. Looking at the list, <laughs> especially it World was, War Two, it cast a long shadow over the fifties and sixties and people who were living then. So, yeah, baby boomers. I don't have my season three list, but yeah, I'm looking at my my one list. I'm curious how many. Well, season three, Death Heads Revisited, you know, the Nazi episode, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's coming up soon. Was that the George (laughs) Decay episodes in that season? No, The Encounter. That's season five. Yeah. That's with Neville Brand. I still haven't seen it. I do have it, but I don't think I've seen it yet. Death Head Revisited does have a pretty notable lead, I believe. Uh, it's, it's not it's Oscar Brerigi Jr. I don't know how you say his name, but he made three Twilight Zone appearances. He was also Rip Van Winkle Caper and Mute. Yeah, oh, he was the doctor must... in the Rip Van Winkle Caper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's where I just came across. That's where I just came You've across. You've seen his there, name yeah. that. Wow, yeah. Joseph Schildkraut. He looks pretty intense. <laughs> he's he's the, ner- the well, not the nervous man, the nervous doctor in Rip Van Winkle, is he? Nervous doctor in a four dollar room. Yeah, yeah. See, I just, I just convoluted the episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, even though I like Rip Van Winkle Caper, I can never remember his name, and I can only remember Herbie, the guy that dies first, and Dick Cruz because he's the biggest jerk of them all. <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe Dick Cruz just like straight up murdered that guy because he yeah, got, and then destroyed. And then he, the then they abandoned the truck. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, he re- yeah. he messed up the truck by killing yeah. Dick Cruz with. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna reposit my thought that this episode would be better if we had recast it with the Contemporary Three Stooges, which does include Curly Joe. But, um, well, hang on. Sure. We I, I've seen other people say this. If we're gonna go with the Three Stooges episode, that's the most unusual camera. Oh yeah, that probably makes sense. Too. <laughs> that makes sense too. They could just have the. They could have all of it. This could just be yeah. the Three Stooges do everything. Imagine that. <laughs> They're just, they just come for all the comedy episodes. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, well, I know this he, is season three, but I'll take a two serve man with uh, Mo Larry and Curly. Then it would just basically be more like the Upright Citizens Brigade show because it would be like funny but also dark. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts anyone wants to throw on or, or a big hot take on an episode? Uh, hot take on an episode. <laughs> I was wondering how many episodes you consider to be actual sci-fi as opposed to sci-fi-ish or, or, or just morality play or just, you know, thrilling. Well, I'll, I'll count the ones that I think are sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> Let me sure. see. Well, that does bring like something like the silence because 
I mean, the science. Well, I guess well, the real science. Martian police stand up. That's... That that counts as sci-fi. I mean, by sci-fi, what exactly do you mean? That's why I'm bringing up the silence. I mean, it's kind yeah. of. I mean, it's using. They got the room with the you know the mic. It's there's a lot of. It's like the cask stuff. of Amontillado. It's not, which is not, which yeah, is entirely about, yeah. possible. But yeah. I love it though. I loved that episode like a lot. It is not. It is you know. It's entirely plausible, but it's like, uh, I guess, just highly petty drama, which I just really love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of the few that has no like real supernatural elements in it. Okay, so you I... don't think of it as a Twilight Zone; you think of it more like Alfred Hitchcock or something. <laughs> here the, here the season it's one two. of the only ones where I was yelling at the TV when it at the end of it. <laughs> anyway, um, what was oh, I saying? No. Oh, I was, I was going to say being very discerning about sci-fi uh ones i would probably refer to as actually being sci-fi are uh eye of the beholder for sure uh lateness of the hour uh what else wait you think lateness of the hour isn't sci-fi yeah. is is yeah. oh, yes, okay. yes. <laughs> sorry i was like what <laughs> ones that very much are sci-fi. Involves the, robots the yeah invaders so many robots not robots robots yeah the invaders um Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking like there has to be like no fantasy element i'll actually go with the silence i think and um will the real martian stand up obsolete man i i think all of those i would be willing to put in the sci-fi bin i mean i'll, I'll put the whole show in the sci-fi bin but those ones in particular i guess yeah have the yeah. have the smell of sci-fi to me hey can we had i think the best uh premise that was the most plausible way of time travel which is just just go to sleep and wake up later <laughs> that's the yeah that's for as far as we know that's the only possible avenue for time travel yes exactly um so okay can we make up our own questions uh sure what's every what does everyone think is the saddest what's the saddest episode hmm. i feel like we're going to say the same thing again but I, I think know. I think lateness of the hour just because look at she was built as a robot and then I mean sure she forgets everything in the end because they just reprogram her but still that's a lot of emotions to go through to find out you were just built and no memories of yourself nothing nothing yeah. you can look at you just want to go out I'm like I yeah. just want to go to the, I just want to go to the prom or whatever it was yeah dance like. <laughs> static even have either a the statics either the happiest or the saddest depending on if he traveled in time or had a mental break i voted sta- i would was gonna say static was the saddest so i was just using this as an excuse to talk about static and how sad <laughs> i thought it was really like i mean in a good though. way it was like it hit really hard to me it was really yeah. sad uh i'm not clear if he went back in time or he just got younger and stayed in the present I thought he just had a psychotic break and like just lost it. What? Now, so he went. Yeah, so he okay. went back into the Twilight Zone by himself. His the woman in the rest home didn't join him. That was just all his imagination. You think she didn't really that, come in there? That was how I saw it. Was he just? It was like he was seeing an alternate reality oh, that he couldn't participate to... in. Just like he can't participate. He can't participate in a a world that's that's revolves around radio anymore because the world revolves around television now and then yeah we can't just like we can't participate in a world where you see the twilight zone every week on black and white television 
It's like I guess I tried to echoes. paint static into a happy corner for myself because I was like, oh, she came around too and she's with him now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> no, that oh, you're kind of pointing that out to me. That all. That yeah, that wasn't That's the case. It. It's the happiest or the saddest. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was just like, it's too late for, for no real reason. She's like, it's too late. I mean, probably the reason was she's sick of his of his cranky old man crap and doesn't want to talk to him or doesn't want to like shack up with him with him being like, everything sucks now. Nobody wants that. So or some people how do. many how many episodes of the Twilight Zone can be broken down into, you know? nothing out of the ordinary supernatural happened it was just all in someone's mind or somebody had a, a mental episode or something static probably because they're certainly be in that category but a lot of other things could, oh, could also be a lot of them a lot of them you could say <laughs> coincidence men mental mental illness <laughs> mental break yeah. stress again that's like, trouble, like, like uh... I don't think you could the one with the the most cut and dried, right? That's the one. Yeah, that, that could yeah. even be a Hitchcock that episode. That could be yeah. a Hitchcock episode. No, that could be a real thing. Someone could just be doing that right now as we speak, and then you know, nobody would nobody would know about it. They wouldn't be speaking. Rich people don't. Rich people could just bury their their dirty laundry. I guess they're not rich, so I don't, I don't know. Bitcoin. They're doing people it for Bitcoin. Fluent realms. Yeah, they're they're making NFT now. Yeah, it's like I'll give you this Daffy Duck NFT if you don't talk for a year. Yeah. And like, oh no, my wife hates me. I, I need to get this Daffy Duck NFT for her. Uh, I have someone sever my vocal cords. And then he doesn't. <laughs> I have someone have body NFT. modify the body modifier guy. Will like sever my vocal cords and uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's a case of mental illness or just two, well, two guys who are kind of screwed up just making a terrible wager. But the, yeah, yeah that, again, that episode has no supernatural element to it. I mean, it could, that's it doesn't really fit the Twilight Zone mold more than it's straight up hubris. I mean, it's like yeah. the, the ego, but I, I like that though. It's like man is the scariest monster. Like it is just two like monsters <laughs> yeah. like sparring. That's pretty much all it is. It's like you could see, I don't know, if one of you replaced the guy with like a tiger or something, it would make still make just about as much sense. It's just uh Well, I was thinking of like the mind of the matter where maybe he's actually just uh going around thinking he doesn't see anybody because he's, you know, mind tripped himself into believing he's alone. <laughs> so he's just walking around talking to himself. Well until, no, like, what was like, weird <laughs> is when he started creating alternate versions of himself. And there was like a exactly. woman of Beechcroft. <laughs> that was, Projecting. yeah, that was disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> but that was also like a great metaphor for like self-help books in general and that, that they just kind of make you, in, in many cases, they just make you just worse or crazier <laughs> because well, you just need to control the world so much. And, you know, you can't control like, I feel like that almost could be the underlying theme of the Twilight Zone itself is you can't control the world around you and if you try too hard then you will be humbled yeah i guess that makes sense hmm. <laughs> i mean i try to live by that principle anyway i try to i try to make it a like make an effort to live in the world that exists rather than like the world that the static guy lives in where he wants insists on living in his own world that doesn't exist anymore yeah, you got to get your man cave, right? Like, I do listen to K-pop, Matt. <laughs> I don't apologize. 
<laughs> um, Maybe that's just be your new question, Matt. It's like, was this guy just crazy or what? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> this guy's yeah, he's snapping in the scenes, isn't he? Are you gonna ask um if anybody deserved their trip into the Twilight Zone? Um, if you want to answer it, who you deserved can. the most? Yeah, let's make our own questions. Who deserved it the most? Mm, I gotta think about that one a little bit. I know I brought up the question, but I do got to think about that. I would. I'll go ahead and throw out uh, obsolete man because, like, he literally just gets exactly what he was dishing out. Like, there's yeah. no, there's no. It's almost too. It's almost too tidy. Um, I would go again with the silence because they did it to themselves. <laughs> oh. And um, a thing about machines because that guy sucked. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> That's why it's so fun to watch, like the the electric shaver ch- chase him and stuff. Right. Well, also right. remember the the Rip Van Winkle caper. These were crooks. <laughs> so they <don't laughs> That's true. Served right. Yeah. But it was like like I was saying on our episode that we did a Rip Van Winkle caper. I think I gave it a low tripometer because they were just. Oh no! I I said the the one who went to the Twilight Zone was the guy who died because the entire Irby. experience of everyone who survived the time travel was and it it nothing that happened to them couldn't have happened to them in like 1961. They just went to the future and had like 1961 follies and then died. Like you could starve, you could dehydrate <laughs> to death in 1961. There's like forbidden planet space the... car at the end, but but none of them saw it though. <laughs> okay, yeah, good point. They just saw their the the truck, which they instantly destroyed. They saw the future guy, and he was like, uh, "I don't know, man. I can't help you." And then he they, then he died, and that was it. Yep. I don't think anybody could have hidden for a hundred years in the desert. Some some guy with Google Maps <laughs> yes. would have found him eventually. You know, it's ridiculous. Around. Yeah, geo. They would have geocached him. um i'll open up the floor i guess if anyone has a a a final question to throw out yeah i couldn't answer that question that we just recently answered who deserved it i really couldn't (laughs) think of a good answer but um where do you guys ranked on the episode dust because i kind of see that hit and miss with people that's funny because i was just going to like try and manufacture a reason to talk about that episode uh, I loved it. It was yeah, kind of fluffy, but it was genuinely moving and interesting and kind of um you get you kind of get redemption for the the rope salesman, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't deserve it, but it's like an interesting it's it's a whole interesting I think it was as interesting as Penny for your thoughts, but it was way more uh moving than that was. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I just like, you know, letting sort of synchronicities play out like that's one where again i guess technically it could just be a weird sequence of events and there's nothing particularly supernatural there yeah Mm -hmm. exactly dust was the dust really magic or was it like was the dirt really yeah i don't think the dirt was really magic yeah no i mean it it but it's it's ambiguous which to me is better i think it's better ambiguous than if it's like the hand of god comes down or if we know that it we know that for a fact that nothing i mean it wasn't magic but it was just interesting and yeah, it feels good. like the universe is talking at you right yeah i think sterling was trying to say the magic was the redemption that the parents gave the uh the condemned 
Yeah, the magic is like stop executing people, maybe, and you'll <laughs> feel better about yourself. I think. Um, but I mean, and you know, it's, it's there's it's one of those things where there are no winners, and there's there's very few sympathetic characters in it. But well, I guess the kids are winners because they get a little bit of pesos at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Candy time. Yeah, but um, the Thomas guy who doesn't Gomez get executed was... definitely wins. <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to say, though, Thomas Gomez was in that episode who was also in Escape Clause. So hmm. he was pretty good in that performance. Yeah, lots of cross-pollination. Like like I said last yeah. night, watching X-Men Man with Rex Ray Eyes, there were so many Twilight Zoners in there. I was like, okay. You know where you catch a lot, too, is Hitchcock. Like Dick oh, yeah. York. Dick York did like six or seven Hitchcocks. Interesting. Yeah, they're pretty good, too. I haven't watched any of those in many years. That was like a there's, childhood thing. There's a messed up one. There's this one where he goes around as a person that's supposed to take out old people. Like, it's like, okay, you wow. lived out your life. Now it's time to expire you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds like some <laughs> Philip K. Dick type thing. Um, yeah, I was going to I was gonna try and make everyone talk about Dust by saying, what's your favorite episode that we haven't talked about? And I think that is the only episode we haven't yeah. talked about. It's I really call that weird. underrated by some because I don't see it get appreciated a lot. Like some people kind of write it off. But um, yeah, I, I really I, I, I really like that. Well, probably because it doesn't have any big, huge twist. It has a small twist. It doesn't yeah. catch people's, uh, stay in people's minds. I was going to say in yeah. terms of, again, people who deserve it, Crooks, Most Unusual Camera, just fall out windows. Yeah. yeah and the Mater ridiculous. D, the Mater D in that freaking episode, he deserved his twist of fate. Oh, yeah. Too. He was a jerk too. So they all deserved yeah. it. But you know what? I'm surprised really guys understand why it happened. It's just, oh, look at this window. What? There's what? one episode we didn't talk about. We haven't talked about Nick of Time with uh, Shatner Man himself. Oh, we oh, haven't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that well, kind of ties I like in Dust with better the... than that, but it's still good. <laughs> I was going to say that ties into like the prophecies fate sort of thing people seem to like be meeting a fate that they can't avoid yeah like the camera seems to be telling people the future that it comes to pass you know and nick of time was well maybe these fortunes are predicting the future maybe they are and they have to make that choice as to whether it's now do you think they got out of town or do you think they're just destined to be circles <laughs> in that place? the car just I break think... down again oh yeah. i don't know i read it as i read it as entirely inside of his head and maybe he just like they get to the next town and he's like this this uh this newspaper is telling me what to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he just never gets out of that superstitious frame of mind with his rabbit's foot and everything. Uh, that was yeah. that's how I read it, but it, I do again, it's like ambiguous, which makes it good, I think. What other ones had foregone conclusions? Well, back there, you know Lincoln's gonna die. That's not gonna change. Yeah. Uh twenty two was kinda like a uh she escaped her fate that she seemed destined for. You know, she did not have room for yeah. one more honey uh <laughs> no a uh, hundred yards over the rim had um you know he discovered his son was going to be an important person in the future which kind of sealed his fate he had to succeed in saving him so i don't know there's a lot of stories like that that uh you know the twist of fate sort of uh episodes those are I keep, the main ones i keep thinking to myself if this was a modern series that was happening now who would be you know what would happen is that there would be like a survivor from each episode that would end up like showing up later. They would just have some episode where all the all the people who survived the crazy stuff would just <laughs> show up in a diner and that would be like the Martian episode, maybe. And they're all gonna <laughs> die in a bus accident. 
Is it going to give yeah. us a serialized, uh, a long serialized story? Is it going to be like Game of yeah. Thrones? <laughs> well, it's just the breadcrumbs. Uh, maybe, maybe that's fallen out of fashion now because so many people have like messed it up and done a bad job. Twilight Zone, the anthology. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, well, X Files was kind of uh, like people criticized X Files for doing Monster of the Week things, but those, I think, most people now agree that those are the stronger episodes, the ones where they were trying to like draw the lore out were the bad ones. Like it was just black gooey aliens and <laughs> I kind of saw cigarettes. Yeah. Some of those episodes were like, you know, kind of, uh, owed their, their DNA to Kolshak, the night stalker yeah. <laughs> monster of the week. Yeah. I like monster. I mean, monster week's good. Like there was a thing, there was an X-Files episode where there was a human tapeworm who lived underneath an escalator and they like capture it and they take him to an insane asylum. Like that was when I was a kid, I just laughed so hard at that. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy thinks he's a tapeworm. Take him to the mental hospital. I'm a tapeworm. Of course he, he gets out, but you know, it's still great. Better though. than that. Come on. Yeah. That was the best. That was the best. Go for Jonah um, Ark. But you know, there, there would be something like the lady from 22 and like the lady from the hitchhiker and you know, maybe, uh, Maybe Hector Poole all show up in the diner and the like the the season finale, and they all have to face off against you something know, I, I've seen, large. I've, I've seen some point. Uh, sorry, I got all tongue tied there. I've seen some people point out that Shatner is the same person in that, and um, Nick of Time, and he's the same person in a uh, Nightmare. Like that could be the same person. That makes sense, actually. Oh yeah, it's paranoia. I mean, there you go. That's why they're driving. Interesting. He's like, I think I'm going to fly this time, honey. Well, bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> he saves the plane. I was going to say, do we have any real, I mean, I've refreshed my memory about season one, but any real monster of the week stories so far in the Twilight Zone? I don't think we really deal with season monsters one. very much, except in the most ridiculous form, like, you know, Mr. Dingle or whatever. I will say out of all Mr. the Twilight Death. Zone episodes, this is jumping out of season two, but once you get to season three and you watch The Fugitive, what that old man is able to transform himself into looks like something out of the outer limits. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the most monstrous we've done so far is uh, the Howling Man, so. Yeah, well, but, yeah. And, we, and we can't count Mr. Dingle as strong because those were just, I don't they're way too derpy. He had a count of that. <laughs> and also, they're invisible to everyone else in the episodes. So you don't really yeah. get any sort of currency from trying to spook anybody with their ridiculous costumes. You could say the monsters on Maple Street, but those are all humans. So, yeah. probably not. Um, the real monsters. The real monsters. <laughs> or the invaders. The monsters are us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So most of the monster of the week are just people. I guess that makes sense for the Twilight Zone. Uh, a nice place <laughs> to visit. The guy who's like basically Satan. Yeah. The, 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 the other guy Satan, kind of Hitler, Hitler. Oh, and Satan, I guess you aliens. can uh, you can count uh, Ross, um, the guy who smokes the cigarette and will the Martian, will the real Martian please stand up because he's got the four arms. And then yeah, um, the the the. the well, he's a monster for killing everyone. The Martian and the Venusian, they're both monsters. Yeah. And then the one guy with the third eye, I'm blanking on his name, Barney Phillips, I think it is. There you go. Yeah. Two monsters. But like, these are absolute man. The monster is communism. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's the monster in <laughs> the monster in the Rip Van Winkle caper is 
the cruise. <laughs> the monster. Oh, he gets gone back to humans. I yeah, don't know. Back the night of the meek is the monster. The bag. Santa, Santa Claus is the monster. Yeah, Chris Kringle, <laughs> the monster. Haven't you ever seen Krampus? <laughs> <laughs> I think the boss was the monster in that. Because <laughs> the boss was like, I want to make sure that he gets arrested for, for being drunk. Being well, drunk he Santa. He made out okay in the end. He had a nice bottle to himself and was walking home with the cop. So. True. <laughs> yeah, it makes brandy out of his bag. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess I need to wind down in, in great part because I'm going to go meet Luke and do more podcasts. But uh, all right. <laughs> um, thank you all for jumping in today. This is Time Enough Podcast. If you want to hang out with us and with other podcasts, we are on Patreon at Podcastio Podcastius, where Mark and I also talk about episodes of. The Prisoner with Imprison in Prison, and uh, The Prisoner Prison Cast. I think that's the first time I said it correctly. Is that right? <laughs> I'm not it's counting. Cast, yes. <laughs> uh, sci-fi Maybe it's the third time. Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary, and we talk weird about Disney films on Occult Disney. Uh, there's the gamer stuff. Luke loves Pokemon about Pokemon, Monster Mash about Monster Hunter, and the game game show about all games with four guys yelling at each other politely are they politely yelling at each other uh sadistically they sadistically (laughs) undercut each other okay we're four guys sadistically undercut each other that sounds great (laughs) angry foreigners yelling at each other i'm down okay i'll see you all in season three all right thanks yeah